grocery. Their bulk section is dope AF. I love their their variety. Alrighty now, welcome back to Racers Alley. I'm here at Mutiny Radio uh, with our host Pam Tastic, and tonight our guest is Dimitri, and uh, we'll have Wade Boyd here in a minute as well. I want to say this is our show here. We just uh, this is our second show, and I really want to thank all our sponsors, Motor Tire Guy. We also have. Actually, uh, everyone who helps us out, uh, Dunlop, Michelin, Moto Tire Guy, and of course, uh, Wade Boyd with Subculture Racing, Mutiny Radio with Pamtastic, and uh, Tokyo Moto as well. As far as what we're about, we're, we're, we're a radio show that covers pretty much anything motorcycling, uh, pretty much. We'll cover all types of racing. We'll cover also really uh, motor building. We'll do motor tuning as well as uh, any type of fabrication needs you may need. As far as our guests go, uh, we're going to get everyone really. The guy that actually serves your uh, drink may be a racer. The person who actually serves your sausage may be a sidecar racer. The person who actually works on a, behind a bar is probably an island man racer we have all types of people here what we mainly try to do is get the local boys and girls uh, really talking and uh, from there uh, we really want to know what's going on in your mind so you can always uh, contact us as well as far as tonight goes i guess uh tell you a little bit of start i mean uh, really where we came from Subculture Racing started out as uh, Wade Boyd uh, racing motorcycles. He started doing uh, originally flat tracking and the motocross and everything else in between. Uh, I myself met Wade in about 1997, and from there I was promoted to uh, help uh, get back to the Isle of Man TT. Basically, uh, from here on in, we're just a team, and we try to do everything to promote anything that does uh, happens to do with motorcycling. As far as uh, Dimitri, uh, do you have anything to add today? Oh boy, I I'm here for for answers and questions. So whatever whatever you want, I will give you. Well, um, I know that you've uh, just spent a lot of time in Mexico, and uh, that's a whole different lifestyle there. Basically, whatever you can use to fix your motorcycle, you fix your motorcycle. It's it's different than here, where you just throw away something. Where over there, I mean, it's almost like Mad Max scavengering. That right? is true. That is true. That I is have seen true. some wild, crazy things going down the road in Mexico. And we're talking about Baja here specifically, so it's a little more... I'm a little more scarce in terms of resources. Um, so use what you got, ride what you brung. Well, when you say use what you have, I mean, I mean, at one point you have a bunch of tires from here that you can take down over there, but they, you can't really take them over there without being taxed. That's true. I mean, there's there's certainly a few people going down with the, you know the station wagon and some tires buried deep under, but they don't like to see tires without rims. Um, that basically says you're going down there to well for them that you're going to be trying to start your own business or, or something along those lines. So yeah. they're doing that kind of like a tariff being legal, you know, uh, where you can actually go down there and start your own motorcycle shack. Exactly. Yeah. You know, one thing you can do is you could just go down during one of the Baja 1000s or 
the Nora races and, 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 you know, that way you come in with a sport truck and nobody really bothers you. And, and they're just wonderful people. They love, they love motor. They go crazy and sometimes a little too crazy. I've always um, heard that they were really welcoming towards any type of Baja, any, any folks out there willing to adventure, so to speak. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. No, there's, there's just a natural friendly spirit and people are just, they're real. You it's know? a different they're lifestyle. Honest. Am I wrong? I mean, it's uh, it's basically uh, you're living off the grid or uh, <laughs> trying to get whatever you can, whatever you can to make things run and make your daily life just prod along. Exactly. But as far as the daily life goes, I mean, it's really not like having the stressful nine to five compared to there. It's more, you know, uh, laid back. I would say, I would say you're definitely more connected. You know, people have this concept of Baja specifically. Uh, I'm, I'm certainly no expert. I've been there three times, probably about five or six months total, but they think that it's a big desert and it's not. There's, there's 6,000 meter peaks and there's waterfalls and there's canyons and, and, you know, you're just living in freedom and, and, and then just going back to living what you said earlier, freedom. you're living in freedom and, you know, just don't be an asshole. And, and frankly, if you're an asshole, you don't eat. You won't get along uh, there. They'll kick people out, won't right? feed you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nice. That's what I call community. Uh, well, I mean, for a long time, you know, Baja has been a destination for many racers, many riders, uh, many four by four outdoor type of races, that type of thing. I mean, really, it's it's always been kind of not an outlaw land, more like a freedom. Uh, it, well, I think that there's certainly a, a, a an aspect of freedom when you're standing somewhere and you're looking in either direction and you don't see any people and no cars and no traffic. I mean, that's a personal freedom. Um, but then there's another type of freedom, which is go ride, no license plate, no helmet. You get pulled over, you might have to pay a 10 or $20 fine, depending on how good your skills tax, are. So Some people don't like to do it. They call it the bite, morbida. But uh, hey, mm. you know, it's better than my $72 parking ticket you know <laughs> yeah exactly i mean out there i mean you can pretty much do anything if the man comes by he just wants to see you do a wheelie and maybe pay a little tax because you're doing 120 or something something uh, right but everyone's pretty much laid back it's a it's a really nice place to go i know that uh for many years uh wade boyd who's our co-host here he just walked in the room and i know that for a long time uh the baja was a very big go-to place Well, there used to be a lot of outlaw, well, not outlaw, just let's just say um, races to the cantina, so to speak, from San Francisco all the way down to uh, Cabo. Yeah, uh, my best time was 11 hours and 20 minutes from the border, which is not the winning time. 11 hours and 20 minutes. So exactly how far is that? Do any of you guys know mileage-wise to get way down there? 1,059. <laughs> 1059 miles Holy five. so uh dimitri when you went down there i mean did you take a truck or did you ride there on your bike uh gone both ways i i i've been there and back i had a v-strom oops i'm i lost a little bit of hearing here but that's okay mm -hmm. um i had a v-strom 1000 i came in through mexicali and i remember I was averaging about 125 miles an hour. And let me tell you, the first wow. time you do 125 
for five minutes at a time it just your brain cannot compute and then you like slow down to 60 and you're like you feel like you're crawling yeah, yeah really all of a sudden and yeah. and i did i, I think I, I blew through five gallons of gas and probably i don't know yeah. in about two hours or oh because you're wide open the jet yeah. fuel up yeah. above just gets burnt right yeah and there's just no one to fuck you up except yourself i yeah. mean or teacher you know, <laughs> which is great big hole in the middle of the freeway as yeah. i recall from the old days one of yeah. my boys may have even been a ray uh that went to, into a hole in the middle of a in the middle of going down there there was a giant sinkhole and i believe one of our yeah. boys just went shunk it happened to a bunch of people laredo from laredo to uh, constitution was the worst uh, they've done a lot of fixing um, a pavement down there most of it straightaways um, but yeah it was potholes from Laredo to uh, Constitution if if you were going under 100 under 130 you were in danger of breaking a wheel and pulling over and not finishing meaning you had to fly off those like at the aisle where you're just going, bah, 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 bah. yeah you, you have to go fast enough to clear everything and then That's you try to weave through them and you hope you still don't hit one Wow, you know, and the straight, <laughs> the other sections are so straight and so long from like Constitución to La Paz is hundred some odd miles of straightaway. You go oh, wow. straight. We we say you let the clutch out at a hundred, but um, <laughs> you forget what a turn is and what to do with a turn. All of a sudden, you're just so transfixed, or maybe like a white line fever. Something comes up quick and you have to wake up again? Yeah. I, I call it high-speed touring. High-speed touring. <laughs> That's wow. a perfect way to put yeah, it. Yeah, good way. And, and remember, you're touring because what are you going to do when you get to that first corner? And then there's sections where um, there's a lot of diesels coming in, going and stuff, and there's diesel fuel on the road. Wow. There's a stack of rocks. That's a warning device. So they use certain things for the locals with stacking a bunch of rocks, just saying uh, bump up ahead, that type of bump thing. Bump or a cliff or it could be anything. A dog. A dog. A so lo local, local little uh, uh, messages out there on the side of the road will t let you know of uh, impending dangers, I guess. Right. Or, or you just hit a cow at 130 <laughs> and it's just lying there in the middle of the road. It's, 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 the whole thing's open yeah. range. It's, yeah. it's open range. Yeah. You're out there in yeah. the sticks. And they're as big as a Volkswagen bus. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. As far as anything alive, you never want to run across it as far as being on a motorcycle. So, Dimitri, what bikes have you ridden out there, or did you take them back of the truck? Um, I've, I've ridden my V-Strom there and back twice. Um, and it's an average about five days, Ryan. It's, you know, at first, the first time I went down there, I know what I was getting into. But the moment you cross that border, you're just like, oh, man, I'm in Freedom Land. And get a nice taco and a Coke. And it was like, you Fish know, tacos. 17, 18 pesos for, for the dollar. Yeah. It's about 20 now. So uh, and then you just you just stop and you drink your beer and you keep going and you yeah. just it just keeps getting better and better. And that's very rare in life because I don't like to cry wolf, but it really is that good. The. Um, I guess the uh, farther you go down south, the more relaxed it becomes. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. And, uh -huh. and so I just want to say about Bay of Concepcion that uh, Wade mentioned, if for those of you that are listening, if you have any curiosity and you like fine roads, and tell wow. me if I'm wrong here, just zoom in on it on Google Maps, and you're going to see just, I mean, the most epic road. It looks like somewhere on the side of Big Sur, but with yeah. like crystal blue water, and you can just stop anywhere and jump in the water and camp out with a bunch of people. Wow. And, Is it and proper it's tarmac? just a yeah. proper, 
very, it's all smooth, redone, lines oh and everything. Yeah. Lines and, and nowadays, banked. wow, that nowadays. used to, that used yeah. to be pothole city also, but nowadays it's brand new, wow. and you can cruise in there at 150 miles an hour. Absolutely, but I didn't say that. Uh, yeah. Wade, when you started doing the Cabo, I believe that was the early 90s. Yeah, yeah, and uh, somewhere in there, it used to be a, I guess you could call a. Uh, subculture racing type of thing not to mention the team but more like a lot of folks around here got together put certain motorcycles together that can make it almost like a almost like a mad max race or something where every bike had its own way of getting there its own way of fuel very unique looking some of them weren't the prettiest of bikes but boy they yeah. did the job in the early days there weren't any rules there weren't any rules. until i beat ray <laughs> i have to get ray out here so, so uh i was working at a uh welding shop and my buddy rich he took a Honda 750 and he put 29 gallons of gas on that thing. Wow. How do you run with 29 gallons of gas? I mean, that bike must have looked like a huge whale. He, he changed everything. And the seat was in a different place and everything. The gas tank was two big bags in the back. It made the distance, but he actually fell over it one time and he had to wait for people to help him get it back up. He goes, never again. <laughs> well, I, about it, yeah. I had like 17 gallons of gas, which is about the real limit. I learned it on this other from this beamer that had a, a extra five gallons or so and and beat me the year before on my rz so anyhow i ran 11 gallons i made four gas stops instead of eight or ten and i straight up beat ray he actually got in front of me and everything but he was on a brand new blackbird and the straight i he i saw him in in loretto which he had to see me because that's the last time. And so he ran as hard as he could. He gets to Constitution. He says he forgot to gas up. So he goes back, gas, gases up. He gets the slowest pump known to man. <laughs> <laughs> of course. He goes, I could feel you coming. But he beats me out of there. He's actually going to win by 15 minutes or so. But he was so excited. He went that 100 miles at like red line. And that motor popped halfway across. What? Wow. And I so it just uh, ran out of oil or just get hot? Uh, but it, the motor blew. Yeah, the motor blew up. Stuck a rod through the cases. Did he call Mr. Honda and complain? <laughs> I was a brand yeah. new a Blackhawk. Huh? Well, that's a Blackhawk for but, those of you who don't know. It's a uh, Honda CBR 1100XX. It had um, kind of like uh, the CBR 900RR frame at the time, but it was elongated. I guess it was a competitor for the Hayabusa. It was a very unique, sleek-looking motorcycle. Of course, it was black with a little bit of gold lettering. And um, sure looked like it went really fast. It was the fastest thing on the planet, production-wise. You, you could get around here. So, of course, Ray had one of those. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, as far as uh, going from the Blackhawk, I mean, you've ran several different bikes over there, correct? Yeah, I ran an RZ500 twice. Which is incredible, being a two-stroke, to take for so long to, to, to be able to be on a two-stroke, and it, and, and, and it lasted. I mean, that, to me, that's kind of incredible. How, how can you make yeah. a 500 two-stroke go all the way to Cabo, uh, or Baja, I mean, and, I mean, is there... You have an oil tank. Do you change? You know, do you do you, uh, add oil to your gas? I mean, how do, how does that work exactly? You really just really just take really good care of it. I had a overheating problem when I left the first time. I actually did have a problem the first time. I actually blew it up. 
I in the last uh, desert, I did actually hitch my hike my way in the next day. I, I rode it the next year. I made it the Cabo Camel, came up with the first 17 gallon thing. I ended up having little problems. Now, Glenn Coddington, on the other hand, he took no, his RZ350 and never uh, had any problems. I see wow. Glenn all the time, and he's never mentioned once he's ever done the Cabo. I mean, he's an exceptional motorcyclist yeah. and a representative of the industry, but boy, oh boy, <laughs> awesome. Yeah, he's the only one to do it on a 350. So my 500 did succeed the second time. The third, fourth, and fifth time I went back, I had a Catan 1100 that I was working on that I slashed, kind of borrowed, and it worked great. Getting sponsored? <laughs> yeah. So I won the next two, beat Ray, and then he came out with this rule. We have Now we have one rule, nine-gallon fuel tank limit, because that's all Ray wanted to carry. Where I was, he would ask me before that, what do you think? What do you think? It's self-canceling. You'll run as much as you can. You'll do as good as you can, and or you'll find out, like Rich did, that's way too much. That did not work. So, what where was the fuel? Was it underneath the seat? He had like giant saddlebags in the back. Oh, okay, it was really weird. But you know, yeah, that was a little too much. It was too heavy. Yeah. But so with seventeen or less, it's heavy when you're in the gas station. You just be nice to it, and it gets lighter and lighter, and it gets normal. And you you just stay out of racing speed, your high speed touring. Yeah, but I mean, uh, number one, I imagine there's a windage issue. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll get to the weather of the Baja soon, but uh, as far as the gallon stuff, I mean, boy, I mean, do you have to replace your shock and your suspension? That the amount of weight. Uh, I, I believe I saw a bike of yours weighed at one point that looked like a huge camel where where, where, where you had a gas tank that went to the moon. The Cabo Camel. The Cabo Camel. What what, what, what bike was that exactly? Uh, it start, that was the RZ500. Oh, so the RZ500. Whoa. It was the Cabo Camel. Okay. So it was all painted in fancy colors and everything, semi, you know, tropical zebra, whatever. But so if you put a fuel... Uh, a uh, tank bag on your gas tank and fill it up all the way that's how tall the tank was gotcha i put my hand on the tank i put my chin on that and (laughs) it filled up all that space and then the seat i did the same thing with it i got like three or four gallons in the seat i tied it all in together i had an extra gallon your one gallon gas can basically i added to the oil so i have an extra gallon of oil i double stacked the headlights so everything was taller was all made out of fiberglass was all lightweight and wow. it, it was my best, most aerodynamic setup, actually. Holy moly. Yeah, that, that, well, you, wow. well, eventually we'll be able to see pictures on the show. And that bike, if you look at it, it does look like a camel. And I didn't know it was an RZ500, which is even more impressive. As far as weight goes, I mean, obviously nowadays you get all these adventure bikes, whether it be BMWs, KTMs, you know, Yamaha, Suzuki, Kawa, all them boys, they got these pretty big bikes. Super Terra Adventure and stuff, but once you get them side bags on there, once you get that rear square bag on there, and the bike alone is already heavy to start, knocking it over, you're pretty much in a world of shit if you're actually out in the middle of nowhere on an adventure. You know, that's one thing you have to deal with uh, with weight and uh, bikes. You got to be yeah. able to lift it if it falls over. Yeah. It, well, it's, it's sort of like a BMW that'll keep it off the ground. So it kind of helps if you're actually <laughs> talking about being on the ground. Everybody likes their luggage and stuff. I, pretty much don't do that myself 
Um, I go for the streamline. I'm more into racing, but my roommate has luggage. Uh, you get to take all your stuff. <laughs> well, you only need so much stuff. But, I mean, I've lived two weeks out yeah. of a backpack myself. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, there are, we, we know people who actually go around the world and can understand that toilet paper is an important thing. So can't really harp on that you know <laughs> uh as far as bikes go dimitri so you've always you've only been on the bike once and then you've taken a truck out there no no actually i i rode down there twice and then on the and came back to san francisco on the same bike on the same bike and then uh wow. and then i did a whole bunch of just idiotic stupid shit talk about dropping a bike and oh I, this story uh, there was yeah, a picture Tell yeah that us was the story that was one of them yeah I, we could get into that but 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 so basically the second time to answer your first question the second time I came back to the States. I mean, I said, you know, why the fuck am I keep going back and forth? I'm just going to leave the damn thing down there. So I left it over at my buddy's Doug's place. He's way up there in the mountains. Nice. It's like 10 minutes from a hot spring and waterfalls. And so you just kind of, you know, and then, then I bought a, bought a cheap little XR 200, like an 84 dual shocker. And I had more fun on that thing than I think I've ever had in my life. Well, yeah, you know, it's a simple everything. thing sometimes that you can actually have fun on. You don't need to have the best and you can tool around and it's nothing that you're kind of uh, worried about crashing or that type of thing. Oh, know? yeah, yeah. Actually, a little 200 like that, you can do several different type of things. Yeah, and it was great. It was small, yeah. but it had a 21 inch front wheel, which is kind of what I think you, you ideally what you want out there. And and uh and you know i was having all this thought i was having all this fun on this v-strom all the while i was really blowing my back out lifting this thing every time i would drop it oh and, uh, okay thing numbers yeah. are starting to add up here oh you yeah know, I know it, you've yeah. been a little hurt lately and oh. um that makes sense so all you boys at the adventure bikes better listen to dimitri here in the next well sentence. take your time and 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 use use the right you know, technique, you know, don't just think I'm Superman. It, it does add up and you get to a certain point and you just go, Ugh, and then you're fucked for well, a while. I, I imagine uh, it's like out there, like myself here, you know, being a city rider and every now and then something happens with the bike. First thing you want to do is pick it up and get the hell out of there. So the cops don't come and right. that's kind of a natural reaction. And then, you know, here it might not exactly be general adrenaline, but when you're out there and you're out there alone, I imagine adrenaline might play, pick a little, make a little play and make you a little hurried, and then that that's where things can come in and uh, hurt you, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you get, but you get into this zone. You know, it's like I call it the Baja zone or Baja time. It's like <laughs> after a little while, you're just you go native. Everything's like, oh yeah. So like, I have pictures of this my bike sitting on the side of a cliff on its side, and I'm just like, oh, all right, well there it is. You know. Time to kick back, smoke cigarette. Do I got any cold beers? And then you know you just sit there and, because the vistas are so fucking. You beautiful. have time to ponder and yeah, chill. And you just look at it and you go, okay, well, you know, I'm gonna pick it up eventually, but not <laughs> yeah. right now. Yes, of MTA ain't gonna yeah. give you a sixty-five dollar ticket immediately, right? Yeah, and, it, and it's sort of funny, but you know, it, occasionally it's not. But it's sort of funny because you just kind of you know your worries, the things that you worry about, generally, like you mentioned, you know about the police or somebody coming down on you that sort of goes away out there you know and and that's really that that could be really nice and some people take a little while to, yeah, to, to was, de-stress yeah. you know well freedom I, and you know if i were out there now it would i would be i imagine it'd take me a while to feel like decompressed because like you mentioned you're always used to you know uh pressures from a bound but when you're there you really don't have any. It's just about well, 
tasks. There's certain words that just leave your vocabulary. Like, <laughs> what is traffic? Traffic? I mean, is there even a word for that? I, I don't know what that is. No kidding. <laughs> yeah, wow. and you're there for three months, and you come back here, and you're like, how the fuck did I ever do? And then slowly, you kind of like, kind of acclimate to this again. You know, it is what it is. It's just different living. You know, but you know, there's a Home Depot out there, and there's Costco, and there's everything else. And I stay away from Cabo proper, but in general, you don't deal with that pressure of the sounds, you know, and just everything that your body just kind of goes, yeah, I'm kind of relaxed. I don't you, really know like, why, but I am. <laughs> yeah. It's like being out up north or something. It's like, um, I imagine when you, at night, you actually can see the galaxies. Oh, absolutely. Oh, my you know, God. I mean, I haven't seen proper like that in a while. Oh, the, the, What, the, you've never been out of the city? <laughs> exactly. It's been quite some time to be in the middle where there's no light. Oh, it's stunning, man. It's stunning. Every night and the weather, I mean, you know, when you're when you're in the sunshine for three months straight and it's not oppressive, <laughs> you know, I mean, I mean, sure, the sun's a little hotter because it's coming in at a little bit straighter angle, but three months of just 80 degrees. So you're not complaining about, uh, like us in San Francisco, the 71 heat waves that we have. <laughs> right. Yeah, over there, it's a, get a nice yeah. tan, take off the shirt, get in the ocean. No, granted, I haven't been down in the summer, but I hear it gets pretty hot, especially on the east side, on the side of La Paz. But uh, yeah. I remember you know, being like, down there, and we're at Cabo and stuff, and it was three places to be. The pool, the beach, and the bar. Right. <laughs> one, two, three. Run to the next one. Get in the shade. It's so hot. Well, this is this is my favorite thing about Baja that a lot of people don't know. So, you know, you either have your Corona or Pacifico, uh, you know, hut, you know, as you're going down the street or whether you're <laughs> Each one has one or the other. <laughs> yeah, you either have your like Corona yeah. Pacifico, you have your Takate and maybe whatever else, Modelo or whatever. And they all kind of advertise how cold their fridges are. And they got this little digital display on the fridge. It's like a big blue digital display. No about kidding. Six, and it goes like minus three. And like, it's fuck. I mean, you've been riding and you come in there, man, and you pull that beer and it, it just feels like it's yeah. been an ice. Best thing like, in the world. Yeah. yeah. And you're just like, I love you, buddy. Uh, you know, and, and learn some Spanish if you can. Uh, yeah. Embarrassingly, I don't, I don't have it. But Well, I'm sure you're getting but, along now. Yeah. I mean, it's your third time. I mean, yeah, you're. Be an expat soon enough. Yeah, yeah, certainly. But I mean, I think they got they got it down. They know what people like. It's very simple. You know, just provide people with good beer and don't yeah. fuck with them. Yeah. We don't drink the water. You've <laughs> yeah. got to drink beer. So we drink beer exactly. all the time. Yeah. Uno más cerveza. That's the yeah. only thing I know how to say. Right. Uno and fish tacos. Yes. Fish tacos. Yeah, they're the best down there. Yeah, you've always mentioned that, Wade, all these years. You love going there. It's all about the tacos. Yep. You are. Right on. So as far as, uh, well, uh, going down down there, I mean, you usually have a place to stay. And Wade, when you all boys went, uh, obviously you had accommodations. And as far as bikes went, I've read more than once in City Bike. I mean, you kind of have to have them looked after in certain areas, right? You want new parts, new tires, new chain. Um, it's got to go two, 3,000 miles without looking at it. And it's the roughest, toughest straightaway section. It's 10 right. rides in a row. It, yeah. It's just uh, dynamite. Yeah. And then when you, when you roll up to a hotel, you know, you, you they, they always, they always kind of go like, especially in like Negro Guerrero yeah. and stuff. And you, you know, you're in this hotel and across the street yeah. is the, we usually park in the hotel. Yeah. It's the yeah. bar, but it's really kind of a, who knows strip club whatever the hell it is but but they just tell you like bring your bike right by your door so yeah, it's kind of the, the way that it's done yeah that's the way it's done so you never really you know all of those things that we worry about before we go down they just kind of go away because it just it just works out and it's it's really a lot more simpler than i think uh, i made it out to be initially 
Um, well, I've heard that, you know, the locals also looked after you as well. I mean, uh, City Bike's been writing about this. Uh, well, the City Bike's had articles about all you boys, you know. So you, you get a general idea that they, they, they want to keep you safe and, you know, healthy and happy. Keep on coming keep back. Keep you coming back. That's right. You know, it's, it's definitely true. Uh, yeah. As far as... Uh, monetarily i mean i believe you both have said it just as really really like a we're, we're we're in a plus when you go down there you don't have to be a millionaire no it, no. it helps but yeah we went down on the low side <laughs> everything always helps that. you budget yourself all the way right. through one time i had to like do some work for somebody with uh he, oh you took a fiberglass gas tank it's like what you've got to be kidding me and sure enough i i ended up patching that thing down there yeah, I was running low on money, so he he bought me a couple dinners here and there, and I patched his tank, make sure he got home. You know, it's lucky to have a little skills down there, and I like to go with a bunch of friends because you know somebody's always got something you need, or you have somebody to talk to, have a beer with, but they might have a tool or something or know something. Like I knew how to do fiberglass and totally saved this guy's right. ride. It's like Mexican Burning Man. Well, you've always said, Dimitri, everyone there has a skill set. And when you go, I mean, a certain guy can do a certain thing. Like Wade was just mentioning fiberglass. You have your skill set. I mean, everyone helps each other. I imagine, you know, yeah, and not get, only, get going. Not only that, but there's like a, it's like a frontier, you know. And I, I, I don't, this is obviously, you know, a show for people like us. That's good. I don't tell a lot of people about Baja because, frankly, you know, the new saying is uh, they're building the wall to keep the Americans uh, out. Awesome, <laughs> right? It's oh, like, the truth but, uh, yeah, but, uh, you know, it, it, it really, you know, it's like the new frontier. I mean, if you want to start a little business, you can, you know, it's, there's not all this hoopla and this, you just, just, you know, rent a little, like, like the building that we're in would be, maybe this would be $150 a month, right? Wow. And you oh, put no. a little bike shop and you provide services and there you go. You're in business, you know? Um, yeah. You know, freedom. And, uh, they're, they're just happy to have people willing to do what they would love to do. Yeah, and certainly I'm not the authority in any way. And there's 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 some problems. I'm sure there's jealousy and other things. And you know, there's places like Todos Santos where it's you know it's predominantly a lot of a lot of Westerners. And maybe okay. in some places, if you kind of you know if you make yourself too big, you know you don't want to bring too much attention on yourself. Yeah. But it's people are happy generally medium. humble. You know, they're generally humble and take care <laughs> of take care of each other. And then and then you'll be in La Paz and there'll be like a night marathon with like you know five thousand people and everybody's healthy and they got they got like jogging and equipment on the on the beach for everybody to do exercise and you're like dude we wow. don't even have had here in san francisco cool, right you know i mean it, <laughs> one, the standard of living is pretty i think it's the highest standard of living in mexico if well I'm you not don't mistaken. have to be rich to have a high standard of living which we all know here i think it's 26 dollars a day or 22 dollars a day as the average and so you know let's just put that in beer prices 30, 36 pesos <laughs> right, for a 40 ounce or a pacifico <laughs> All right, fellas, let's take a break, and uh, we'll be back in a few minutes. Thank you for joining Racers Alley. Difficult. Uh, what are the three taxes in California on marijuana due to Prop 64? Each one of them, you get a point. Do you, you know the first? Okay, state tax. You're right. You know. Wait, wait, wait. How much is the state tax? Well, sales tax is actually 12%, but you still get sales tax as one of them. Okay, so there's three taxes. One of them is sales tax. What's the second tax? Anybody know? Yes, yes, yes. 
Federal tax? No, nope. There's no. What is it? But it's a special name for it. There's a special name for it. It's kind of like a federal tax, but it's only in the state because it's still not legal. You know all the answers. What's the second one? Yes, yes, the cultivation tax. We're learning things here, everybody. The cultivation tax is $9.25 per dried ounce. Uh, yeah, it's, well, we have to learn about taxes. What's happening? Like, the things are legal now, and they're taxing the shit out of it. Of course, because they should, and how wonderful. The economy is great, and we live, you know, here we go. But so, yes, so there's a California state sales tax, which is 12%. There's a cultivation tax, which is $9.25 per dried ounce. But that's very easy here because they put it in the cost of your stuff, so you don't have to worry about that. There's one more tax. Does anybody know the other tax? I, did I give you a ticket for your second one? I only gave you your first ticket. Does any, we're just, should we just educate now? Nobody knows the third tax. It's called an excise tax, and it's 15%, and it's by the state. So it's the new, it's the new tax. Uh, so, so what you're basically doing with what's happening is that there's sales tax, which we'd always pay. There's an extra 15% tax, and then there's a cultivation tax, which is $9.25 an ounce. Just educate yourselves on what's going on. I got this all from the Spark website. It's all there. It's super great. Here's question number two. What, what is the exception? Or no, it's not. Oh. Do is there an exception to the excise tax? Is there an exception? Yes or no? You're gonna get the prizes again tonight. Is there an exception? Yes or no? Yeah, no is right. Okay, so here's the thing. If you have if you have a medical marijuana card, you can be exempt from sales and use taxes, but you still pay the excise tax. Just tax laws, things that are happening. Uh, question number three. Name three Spark membership perks. What are perks about hanging out here? Someone else needs to know besides. What are three perks to being a member? It's a free membership here at Spark. What are three perks? Ten dollars for every hundred and fifty spent. Yeah, there's there's things all the time. They have a rewards program. That's excellent. Yes, that's one of the perks. The reward program. Absolutely. What's another perk of, of being a member at Spark? Uh, the T bar. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, the fucking T bar. That is a super perk. There's hot and cold water. It's beautiful. Is there another perk? Can you guys think of another? What 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 are you doing right now? Volcano vapes. Yeah, the fucking volcano vapes. Yes. What a perk. Absolutely. You guys also could have gotten. Uh, th there's all kinds of things. There's the bathroom. There's the superior vape lounge that you're hanging in right now with tea and shit. There's free product demos that happen all the time. There's the Sparkcast. Uh, there's game night. They have game nights here where you can come and hang out. There's an art night. It's like draw and smoke things, and that's rad. Uh, everything here is lab tested, and they have a dab bar. I would have accepted any of those answers. <laughs> I would have. You could have made some up. You would be great. All right. Number four. Name three physical activities that are more fun. If you're smoking bowls. Running. Ah, yes! Anyone else? Yes, another thing. Skateboarding. Skateboarding, absolutely an answer. Yes! Does anybody else have a, something that's more fun? Painting. What is it? 
painting? Sure! Yay! Yay! You get a ticket. Really, I would have accepted any answer for that. Anything, anything you said would have been acceptable. That's exactly fine. Uh, don't look up at the screen, but name a rad top shelf strain Spark carries right now. All right. Welcome back to Racers Alley. Got Wade myself and, of course, Dimitri here today, and we've been talking about Baja in particular, and it's been a while as far as uh, races going on over there, but there's always something going on. we got to get our friend Armin here to uh, talk about that, because he's been doing actually it in cars and trucks, which is quite incredible. So soon, we'll have a little bit more talk as far as uh, car racing on Baja. As far as today, Dimitri and Wade are here, and... I have a particular question. I mean, I imagine weather must play a weird thing going down there. Yeah, we, we actually look for the prime time, perfect weather. You know, oh, somebody looks at the weather map, supposedly. But when we were doing the Cabo, we would go by the full moon. Um, we leave, At that time, we would actually left really early in the morning to be able to get past Ensenada and stuff. But we were looking for perfect weather you're so on when vacation. you're saying early like six five uh well, or would you wake up at eight <laughs> no for the cabo 1000 we would leave at 4 30 in the morning 4 30 in the morning the all of ensenada and wow. for the first hundred miles all those people are just getting up and getting on the road so you want to get by them gotcha we would get down to el rosario uh, see mama espinoza you want to have a clear line of sight so you go earlier yeah just and like so the smr you get past everybody then the road opens up and it would just normally get better and better and better and be perfect uh absolutely perfect it was the best memories there's a bunch of them like that but there was a couple hurricanes and storms and stuff they have these things called vados that's how i say it. you know vado is a giant dip in the road on the ones down there you can go through them at 100 130 miles an hour depending wow. on which ones and dips in the road giant dip in the road so would that be a jump coming on the outside of it or a wheelie to the next dip it sure could be but you know what they're actually for <laughs> what they're actually uh, for flash floods wow yeah. no kidding yeah and i so, found i found wow, one. that's interesting actually uh, yeah. instead of like over here they put a pipe through and make it all rise they just have a Little low dip. They're basically following the topography of wherever the hell you're out there and just putting tar on it. Yeah, and suddenly there's awesome. a creek and then there's a, a river, there's a whatever. And then, uh, but that, yeah, it just flows into what's actually there. And so I used to really enjoy going through them, wheelie out the other side. Boy, that was great. But yeah, one day on the way back to Mule, I was actually packing double and everything. And yeah, we hit this one like 100 miles an hour. And suddenly we were in a washing machine. And the water was going everywhere. Meaning <laughs> <laughs> you went in and it was full of water. It was totally full of water. Couldn't believe it. Holy moly. Uh, you just had to believe that where you were going is where you're going to keep going. So just yes. hold your breath and get to the other side. And we actually did. Yeah, well, you do that. And well, I've been there on more than one occasion. Just look straight and hold your breath and go. Wow. And as far as it. Be able to wheelie out of there in the dry conditions? Yeah, if your bike will do it and you're going fast enough, you got the power, it'll just, yeah, it'll come right up. <laughs> and like, depending how much gas you actually have in the in the rig at the time, right? right. Yeah. 
Can you awesome. make it to the next gas station? So you got to do your math as you go, and because you're skipping gas stations. Can I get to this one? Can I get to that one? The more you're on the throttle, the less gas you're going to get. So Ray went motor wow. by me one time. His bike was bigger and faster, and he could sit up. He's got a big windshield. I had to tuck in at anything over 113, and he ran me out of gas. So that's where you fell in love with big windshields. Yeah. Wow. Windage. Windage. Uh, yeah. The bike. He ran you out just because of the wind. Well, well actually, it, mean, it means a big deal, folks. I mean, to be out of the wind, you can gain speed. Have you ever been on a bike and going fast and then lift up out of your bike and see the RPMs go down? Similar situation. Yeah. Just like NASA and all them boys t- talking about their fuel it goes the same way as far as coming to uh, motorcycles yeah, but, and, and right. going straight but a, but a car you're inside a motorcycle you're outside right are you in the wind <laughs> if you don't have anything you're in the wind it's blowing you actually physically get tired i can't say that but uh, yes uh, yeah uh, you get tired your bike does not know the difference before, your right? bike does not know it, it'll just go forever so you gotta hide behind it and let it protect you because you're the more, most delicate thing on it. Yeah, so yeah. with proper coverage, you're saving energy. Yeah. yeah. You're like yeah. a moving brick. So don't work out so much. Drink more beer. Unless you're Danny Pedrosa. Then then you're 5'2", and it just doesn't matter where yep, you all are. The, the, all the, all the jockey boys out there. Yeah, for yeah, sure. The handlebars are bigger. We just, we just <laughs> Yeah, I believe you mentioned uh, you gave me an article earlier about Pedrosa. Did you not? Pedrosa so, uh, just retired. What was that about? Whoa. Well, you know, he he's basically losing his seat to Jorge Lorenzo next year, who's moving from Ducati in MotoGP, for those of you that know what we're talking about or don't. And, you know, he had a couple of choices, but the man has racked up more injuries than just about anybody. He's a very light rider. About, Mr. Pedrosa. Yeah, I think he's like 112 pounds and 5'2". Well, he's always been the lightest, but I, I didn't know that he had suffered so much as a, over the years. Oh, he got nice. hit a lot then. He got hit. He doesn't have a lot of weight to keep the traction down, so when he flies, he flies, and then they went through the 800cc era, and it, it hurt him. I mean, well, back he's at one broken. Point- his, he's just got bad luck, too, you know, and... He was going to get a factory Yamaha, I mean, basically a factory Yamaha ride. And, and he nice. just said, you know what? Enough's enough. And He might just uh, retire from here. And, the- uh, or we'll see what happens. I mean, I mean uh, yeah, at, when he first came out, I was not really, a, 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 he was not my most popular uh, rider choice. But over the years, I, I, I really give him the gumption for hanging in. I really do. And, you know, at one point, I believe Honda built a bike around him rather than the champion. And that kind of pissed me off. So I always had a little R for that. But now when I look at him, it's like, you're still here. You're doing your job, even though it ain't coming along. I mean, it says a lot to stick in it. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. Hayden, Hayden uh, forgave him. I think I know about what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> but, he did say, but he did say in classic Kentucky style, he says, well, I don't know if I really would have forgiven if I had lost a championship. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, that's great. You know, but, uh, but no, he's he's one of the most winningest. Uh, he's, I think he's ninth in terms of just overall Mr. wins. Mr. Pedrosa. He just, he just came in second so many times. and. But anyway, that's well. You can you can win a championship uh, doing second and third. I mean, sometimes uh, you might be disadvantaged in motor and power, but if you're consistent, 
you can win a championship when something goes wrong with those boys who go really fast. You know, right. that's, that's very interesting. I mean, just recently, uh, I guess the GP race was over here and uh, well, over there in uh, Germany. Uh, uh, what is it? Sla- uh, um, sausage ring. Sausage ring. Sausage ring. Uh, now they're talking about actually, um, they're discussing actually to discontinue that race over there and really i believe that it's it's a really short track and it goes left a lot left a lot however it's boring to see these folks on these new tracks where everything's predictable that's one of the few races where everyone's buzzing bees and it's about really the smartness of the racer and the rider and it's about really uh conserving your tires and uh playing uh i guess the, the long haul Am I right? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, and, and, and once again, you know, I, I have friends who've been following this stuff for 60 years. I, But, you know, I read about MotoGP every day, and, and a lot of it you got to take with a grain of salt. But it seems, you know, when you read about it on different sources enough, yes, that track particularly is all about conserving your tires. Well, it's um, a left, 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 left forever. So right. I think it's it's like... Almost like Willow Springs, where you're always on the left, and when you get on the right, it's not quite as warm as the left. And I believe on that particular course, and this is just my opinion, and maybe political, um, the tire companies can't really make a tire for it, so it'd be easier just to knock them off the fuck, oh, knock them off the course. You know, it was <laughs> well, like well, right, here's, well, here's you know, but it's a great race because it's like a minute and something a lap. So it's like NASCAR for minute twenty or we're, we're super super well GP bikes and yeah and they're all together. It's an advantage for the little guys. It's it's really neat course. Very intense. I, I you definitely get the feel intense and the, is a the, good f- the fear. Actually, you get the fear on that one because. <laughs> You know, they just no time to rest, and they're on one side or the other. But, you know, just in reference to tires, I do want to mention something I didn't quite think about, I just read about recently, was that, you know, you have your soft, medium, and hard options at every race, right? So those, really? don't, those don't really correlate between, you know, one track and another. So on one track, you could have a soft, but that would be a softer compound on the left and a harder compound on the right, and then the medium would be some different relative to... a another track so there's no like it's not standardized they actually are building these tires for each track and they're asymmetric you're um, right those I compounds believe, are not standard don't they have a truck that literally makes the tire there at the truck or, i don't or, think so no no, I, I no that must have been a specialized that one day maybe yeah but, maybe, um, maybe for rossi i don't know yeah <laughs> I've seen a show where they actually had a truck and they make a slick and you can actually have it with like you said Rossi's number on the side blah 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 but it's like it's like one of these new machines that just puts something out of nothing well, yeah now they have this control tires so everybody's on Michelin's um, everyone's on Michelin's and the GP right now yeah are okay yeah yeah they so anyhow um, we're gonna be rolling this uh, session up here in a little bit and I'd like to say Dimitri uh you have your own situation right now where you're working on motorcycles, are you not? Oh man, I didn't I didn't expect the plug, but yeah, I, I have a have a of little course, bit of a got sponsors. Have a have a small little uh, humble shop in my garage, motohubsf.com, which is just a site for my friends and I. Motohubsf.com. Yeah, just just and, a uh, simple little thing I put up with. Like, I mean, it's. I, I use the most just just rudimentary tools. And well, it's, you know, I've done that myself. Yeah, and, uh, with Tori Morimoto and. 
the city right now is actually having a problem with i mean everyone's got to go and at certain points you need a guy who can take care of things quickly and do it at a certain time you know one of our major sponsors is a, a moto tire guy and what basically you know he's uh, in and out with an hour and when i was with him at torimori moto it's nice because as a customer we have an understanding and in and out in an hour i mean you really don't get to do that anywhere usually you leave your bike there you're lucky uh if you get it back the same day most of the time you have to make a two-week appointment on a lot of the shops and unfortunately a lot of the shops in san francisco have gone out of business so folks like you who are independent are a great service to the motorcyclists who can't really who who, who don't have enough time and they can make an appointment with you rer do it, get it in and out in an hour, and Bob's your uncle. And, you know, I like the fact all, all these jobs are pretty simple. You know, it's, it's you know, you do, you know, brakes, chain and sprockets, oil, uh, maybe change a cable. Am I wrong? Yeah, you know, I, I, I'll, I'll do all kinds of stuff for people in my neighborhood, you know, but uh, but in general, that's the that's the model because that just, that doesn't keep the bike in my house for a week. Exactly. You know? <laughs> and most folks are, are uh, they're but, in a hurry nowadays. Yeah. And if you, if they call, you they'll be astounded by actually going what do you mean i can do it right now and yes because a lot of times like i said a lot of shops now you're talking about weeks and uh we've lost a lot of shops here in san francisco so uh nice to have independent ones and yeah. uh, that makes a big deal you know tokyo moto is great uh we got you uh yeah i mean i'll work on your old 78 bmw R R eighty, you know, or whatever, and 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 you know, that's that happens that people just go, I, you know, who's gonna look at my old crusty BMW? But it still runs, and I could see it for what it really is, and you know, I'll tell people honestly, and I'll give them free advice, and honestly, it's not a, it's not the thing that's gonna you know keep sustenance, but I love doing it. It's my craft, and 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 the Moto Hub is not about me; it's about all of my friends. So you know, it's it's about well, it's about putting, taking care of the community and yeah. itself and helping people out and. Moto Hub, yeah. and they can Which contact you that way if they Google you. Send me your logo, you? and I put it on the website. Basically, you know? how can they find you at Moto Hub? Well, there's my number on there, but there's also links for. You Would you know, like to say your phone Tire. number for the folks who want to listen in? And sure, it's four zero two seven zero two. 0515 but you can also get on the website and email me at motohub at uh, gmail motohubsf at gmail.com motohubsf at gmail.com thank you Dimitri and you've been a wonderful guest between you you and Wade we had a great talk about Baja I can't be happier about learning over there and hope to see you uh, well I hope you hear from us next week and Thursday and uh, thank you for welcoming uh, thank you for having us here hey can I plug one place? You can. Moto Guild. I had the best experience, not only once, twice, or ten times, but the other day they pimped my ride. And thank awesome. you for all the people who throw stuff in the free bin because I just got everything I need for my DR650. And thank you, Moto Guild. Moto Guild, I've heard about I'm them. I recommend Riley. a lot of folks to them from my shop as well. They got a good rep. So thank Wonderful. you for jo- thank you for joining us at Racers Alley, and we'll hear from you next week. Thank you, Alex. Thank you, Dimitri. Thank you, Wade, for being here. All right. Right on. Cheers. <laughs> Funny guy, and it's great when he's here. Put your hands together, everybody, for Warhol Kaufman! You know, people...
I, I won't say it. Thank you. I'm sorry, I forgot to tell you. <laughs> That's my whole act. People just look at me and assume I'm on drugs. They're right, but it's rude. That's rude. My friend asked me what I weigh. I said drugs. My other friend lent me some money for drugs. He doesn't know I spend it on utilities. It's nice. Um, a lot of people don't like seeing ugly guys with beautiful women, you know? Like a lot of people don't like seeing gorgeous ladies with hideous dudes, but I like knowing where the cocaine is, so it's fine. It's cool. I remember, um, like, <laughs> I was at a party one time. If you, if you go in a room with people who don't want to share their coke, Like, cocaine is so powerful, it can give you superpowers. <laughs> even if you don't snort it, you know? Like, if you're in a room with people who don't want to share their coke, you become invisible. <laughs> but it doesn't help you fight crime. Because if you get between someone and their cocaine, crime will fight you. So I, I went to school with a lot of people who are doing way better than me. Yeah, so like I went to school with Lena Dunham uh, from Girls, and I went to school with Sarah Violet Bliss, who has a TBS show. And I went to school with Ben Sinclair, who has a show on HBO called High Maintenance. I don't know if you've heard of it. But I remember Ben, I remember ben doing uh, Stanley Kowalski. I almost said Stanley Kubrick. <laughs> I like to see him do Stanley. I remember Ben doing Stanley Kowalski, you know, and then he did some other scene. I don't remember. I like we were doing like fucking Eugene O'Neill and shit. You know what I'm talking about? And then he did a scene where he had to snort. He had to snort blow in the scene, so he was using uh, sugar. Right, yeah, no, so he snorted sugar in the scene. And he's great, I mean, he's a really, yeah, he's a fantastic actor, he's really good. So, like, he went, he did it, we were all like, whoa. And then afterwards, it's like, question and answer, it's just like, what, what was that? What did you just, he was like, it was, it was sugar. And one of the girls, because girls have empathy and shit, was like, didn't that hurt? And he was like, yeah, it hurt, like, um, mm? censoring myself it hurt and then and she was like why didn't you use flour oh, he was like I didn't think of that <laughs> cornstarch didn't occur to me I, I'm good I'm satisfied Warhol Kaufman everyone I used to do theater and I used to be a stage manager and back in the day there was a guy who was a serious alcoholic and on stage he was supposed to be drinking and his character was supposed to be drinking. So we had tea in the flask that was on stage and he, one night he replaced it without my knowledge with whiskey. 
So every time he was drinking on stage, he was really drinking on stage, and he drank like I had to follow him around and like push him into doors. It was really dangerous. It was method acting. He didn't. I didn't know until the end because I smelled him. I'm like, it's not tea. You switched it, you old bastard. <laughs> he was one of those alcoholics that was like 55 that looked like he was 85. <laughs> I know. Pot doesn't age you. God bless it. You know what I mean? It makes you younger. So gorgeous. Um, thank you guys so much. Everybody give it up for Spark because they're amazing. Yay. Clap wildly for Spark. They're beautiful bathroom. They're amazing people. Everybody here that allows us to do this crazy thing on Tuesdays. I'm so happy about it. Uh, so tell your friends and come back on a Tuesday. We always have um, a little quiz and prizes and fun. And uh, thank you guys so much for being here. Yay! Goodbye! I should say... We, we play this on Mutiny Radio every Wednesday from 4 to 5. So if you want to download it or hear it or hear yourself win prizes or whatever, you can always go to mutinyradio.fm. It's called the Sparcast. And download it. Tell your friends. Thanks. Yay. Bye. Yay. Yay. That's how you get it done. That's how you use a grinder. I couldn't put the grinder together there for a minute, and I was like, how does that work again? Oh, that's how it works. It's supposed to be seamless, like it all goes together. Hey, welcome to the Sparkast. If we could get the dulcet tones of the beautiful music that happens. If we could get the dulcet tones of the beautiful music down, that would be amazing. We're here at the Sparkast. It's recorded live every Tuesday from 8 to 9 p.m. You've got amazing comedians. You've got volcano bags ready to take. It's like a match made in heaven. It's like we've got people to talk about stuff. The Sparkast is real fun because we have highlights. We got story highlights. We got product highlights. In fact, right now I'm trying to grind up the see if I can even remember the nep, nep dog nep chem it's Nepalese and chem dog together finally at last friends in the grinder uh, we're going to be smoking that as a product highlight there's also um, a really fun game that we play where you can win a prize we have a beautiful t-shirt uh, thanks to spark it's a uh, spark on the back I'll show you the prize Look at this beautiful t-shirt. On the front, it has Mutiny Radio, and that's so nice. It says, laughter is the second best medicine. And on the back, it says, spark. And then it says, spark has number one. Yeah, what's the number one medicine? Cannabis. Absolutely, yeah. Laughter is the second best medicine. So here we are all together, winning. All winning together at spark. Uh, we're gonna. I'm gonna take this amazing product highlight. Today's um, today's theme is strains. So we. I mean, tonight we're smoking a, a double strain. It's the uh, Nepalese and the Chem Dog together. But we're gonna be later. Think about strains you like because later in the quiz where you can win the prize. I'm going to make you think about strains. But we have great story highlights from amazing comedians tonight. We have from we've 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 got it all. We got old and young. We got black and brown. We got Griffin Daly. Yeah. 
Fuck yeah, he's all English. He's excited because England is killing it in the World Cup. His people, Captain Captain Kane, Captain Harry Kane, killing it in the World Cup. He's got a fun accent. You guys are going to like that. We also have Anthony Medina all the way from L.A., but he's a local now. We got Warhol Kaufman. Yeah. Black, black, brown, and all. He's all he's all colors all together, and he's got the hair to prove it. We're going to have Quatemoc and Larry Dorsey Jr. here as well. Who wants to get started with a story? I, like, I mean, I can... If we want to talk about how I've been getting high lately, it's with World Cup. Anybody else give a shit about World Cup? Yeah! You know what I love about World Cup? I don't watch porn, but every four years I watch World Cup. You know what I'm saying? Hot, hot guys. The best part about it is that I got to watch super hot millennial dudes actually make their goals. Like, they're literally making their goals. Like, they're literally... It is so exciting to see 20 hot 27-year-olds actually make goals. I love it! I love that joke. They're cheating the whole time, though. That's okay. <laughs> Flopping like an Italian soccer player. Italy didn't even make it in. Ha ha ha. I'm sorry. That was an inside. That was an inside World Cup joke. I can't even get this thing undone. So I'm gonna bring up. I'm gonna bring up a comedian, and then I'll figure out how it works to make this work. Your first comedian. What an amazing joy it is to have him here. He is the CEO of True Hustle. He knows how to hustle. He gets it down. Great shows all over the Bay Area. Put your hands together for Anthony Medina. Woo! 